0: You are dismissed for Children's Church, Second Chronicles, chapter number 20. Little boy prayed and said, God, take care of the whole world, and please take care of yourself also, or otherwise we're all sunk. It's a pretty good prayer, isn't it? And, uh... I love kids And uh, so we need to um, we, need, we need to be praying for one another for sure A lot going on in this world A lot going on in our area And um, the uh, uh, funeral home staying busy Very, very busy And so um, uh, we need to be praying uh, Praying for one another Second Chronicles chapter number 20 We're talking about our responsibility in the Valley of Blessing. As we see here, Jehoshaphat is um, in this valley called Baraka. And literally, the word Baraka means blessing. And um, we find ourselves uh, uh, a blessed people. In the turmoil of life and the difficulties of life and the hardships that we see all around us, we have got to understand that we are blessed. There is always, I don't, and, and, and I say this and sometimes I get the weirdest looks, but it's just a fact. Uh, there's always somebody out there that has it worse off than you do. And I know, I know when you're in it, and I know when you're facing it, it's hard to believe that. I, I pick on Elijah all the time because, you know, Elijah went to the, to, under the juniper tree and pouted. And, but let me tell you something. When you're in the midst of a hardship, or when you're in the midst of a valley, or you're in the midst of circumstances, sometimes all you can see is what the ten could see. Remember when they looked into the promised land? That was theirs. God gave it to them. God never never said that you go in there and defeat them and then I'll give it to you. God said it's your land. All you got to do is go in and possess it. And the ten, all they could see was the giants, the insurmountable walls, the amount of people, all they could see were the problems. All they could see were the hardships. All they could see were the circumstances that they could not overcome. And I want you to know something. The ten were right. They couldn't do that. They couldn't overcome that. Not without God. But let me tell you what, the two, remember Joshua and Caleb, were the two, And Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, you're right, there are giants in the land, but, but they're awfully small compared to God. That land might be hard. I mean, it, it might, but let me tell you something. God is bigger. And I want you to know something this morning. No matter what's happening in your life, God's bigger. God's stronger than what you're going through. I mean, sin is difficult and, 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 and problems are difficult. Sometimes they're financial and sometimes they're physical. Sometimes they're relational. And we all face problems. I'm here to tell you. I'm glad, and I'm thankful, and I pray for them all the time, but that I wasn't in the path of Ida. I mean, we people lost everything, absolutely everything. When your air conditioning goes out, or your plumbing goes out, or your those things happen, don't they? And they don't happen one at a time. I, I don't know why that is. I, I don't understand the whole thing. I just know it's true. I mean, something happens, if you have more than one vehicle, just hope none of them break down, because if one of them breaks down, they all got problems. I mean, isn't that the way it works? I mean, every single time. You have a little, little problem going on with your car, you pull it in, we, we, we had one, and we pulled it in, the, the O2 sensors needed to be changed. Whatever, I don't even know what that means. Okay, great, change them, that's great. O2 sensors need to be changed, all right, Pl- plunk. Enclave goes out. Pull the enclave in. Take the car out. Nope, car's not fixed. And fix the enclave and put the car back in. And you, your head will just spin in circles. And then you think to yourself, what in the world? You know what I told You know what I told the Lord? <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't talk like this. But I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm tithing? <laughs> I mean, what? You know, it's that sometimes we think to ourselves, bad things are happening to us because we're not doing the right thing. That's not how that works, by the way. But anyways, you think to yourself, what in the world? What else could happen? Don't ever say that. Seriously, because a lot could happen. A lot more could happen. And when you think you got it bad, and when you think it couldn't get any worse, all you got to do is look around. All you got to do is, uh, 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 well, I say open a paper, but people hardly read papers anymore. Or get online and watch the news or whatever, and you can find out that there are people in this world, uh, there are people in this country, and there are people in this area that have it worse off than you do. Always. And so, when we find these things to begin to overwhelm us, we've got to get our eyes like Peter did when he got out of the boat and he looked upon his circumstances. He looked on the storm. He looked on the wind. He looked on the waves. And he began to sink. What did he need to do? He needed to get his eyes back on Jesus. And let me tell you what we need. We need to get our eyes on Jesus. And we get our eyes on Jesus, we realize that we are blessed. God has blessed us, and He has blessed us abundantly. And so, when we're in this valley of blessing, and we realize the blessings of God, you know, we're we're responsible for what God has blessed us with. You know, there's a whole array of things that we can be responsible for. I saw... A video, a little video of a guy. He was a, I guess he was famous. I didn't know who he was, but he was a, he was a, he was a famous guy. And he went into a dealership, and uh, there was a, a soldier in there, who, bless his heart, he he had gone. He was fought for his country, and he and he came home, and he came home, and his 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 wife left him, and and uh, took the kids, and it was just a terrible situation, and. She took the vehicle, and he was in there trying to buy a vehicle. This guy came in there. This is whoever this famous guy was. I don't, I don't even know his name. But anyways, he came in there, and, uh, and he said, I, I, I want to I pay the down payment for, for your truck. And, and, he, and he whipped out cash, and he... And he I don't know, five, six thousand dollars and, and paid the down payment for the truck and the, and the, and the, and the guy was just overwhelmed and, and, and the guy left and they were videoing it and this guy left and he got about halfway through the parking lot and said, you know what? He thought to himself, I can afford to buy him that whole truck. Now, he can come buy me a truck anytime he wants to but he gets out, he turns around, comes back in, $33,000 he put down and, and bought that truck. You know, because he, because he could. Now, I don't mean you and I can go in and buy somebody a $33,000 truck, but he wanted to do something for this man, and he felt like that, and he didn't, to, he didn't say God had blessed him, but he had been blessed. Financially, he had been blessed, and he was able to be a help and a blessing to somebody else. And that's not always financial. Understand that. Sometimes I think we think to ourselves, well, you know what? I don't, I don't have money to give. It's not about money. It's, it's, it's about time. You know, and as well as I do, that time is way more precious than money. And we give others. Sometimes we'd rather give money than, than, than to give time. Because uh, money, quite frankly, is cheaper to give than, than it is to give of our time. And we've been blessed. And if we've been blessed, then then we've got a responsibility. And we talked about it, uh, started talking about it last week. In in 2 Chronicles 20 and 20, the scripture says, And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. If... Because we're blessed, because we live in the valley of blessing, and God has blessed us, so we have a responsibility. And the first thing we talked about is our responsibility to rely. To rely on God. To rely, to believe, as Jehoshaphat said, we need to believe God. We need to believe God, and we need to rely upon Him. We need to rely upon Him because of the helplessness of man. The helplessness of man. I think we're finding out more than ever before that we're really helpless. We think we have the answers. We think we have the solutions. And then all of a sudden we realize we don't. I mean, we think we've got things figured out. I'm here to tell you, in our, in our world right now, there are scientists and doctors and nurses and they and half of them disagree with each other. And this one has the answer, and then this one has the solution, and this is no, this is the way it goes, and then something morphs, or something changes, or something tweaks, or something. They say, "Well, wait, wait a minute, I don't know why that happened." I don't. Let me tell you something: we are limited in in what we know. Do you do you have you ever done a study? I mean, just a just take a just take a part of the human body. Take the eyeball. You ever done a study on the eyeball? I mean, I tell you, it took me 10 minutes to figure out. I have absolutely no idea how the eyeball works. You ever done a study on DNA? I mean, absolutely blow your mind. I mean, I, absolutely how things work together in your body. I want you to know, you couldn't convince me any other way than that God's got it all in His hand. Yeah, man, man could not, you know, so like, man could never figure any of this stuff out. Now we've got some things figured out, and we say this and we say that, and there's some scientific proofs of things, but I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, we know very little. So what do we need to do? We don't need to rely on ourselves. We don't need to rely on people. We need to rely on Christ. We need to rely on God. We need to lean upon Him. We need to trust in Him. We need to believe Him. Because of the helplessness of man. You know, God said, without me, John 15 to 5, without me ye can do. <clears throat> he didn't say you can do a little bit. He didn't say you can do a few things. He didn't even say you could do one thing. He said, without me ye can do nothing. We are helpless. Just the time we think we have things under control, everything crumbles. Just the time we think we've got things. We've got a a friend, uh, uh, a a couple, Wendy and I uh, uh, are friends with and He was out riding his bike with his kids, his bicycle with his kids. Man, they were just having a good time. They've got little kids, and they were having a good time. And all of a sudden, something happened. He went up over his handlebars and face planted on the concrete. I mean, it looks like he went a couple rounds with the Vander Holyfield. I mean, I mean, he is everything was swollen. Matter of fact, he not only lost consciousness, but his wife had to do CPR to bring him back. He his heart stopped. I mean, absolutely out riding the bike with his children. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, I give you a a small illustration. You know you have to take your if you live in the city limits, you gotta you gotta take your your trash can down to the corner a certain day. And so I take my trash can down, but I I always it's the next day, so I always take it down at night because I never know when they're gonna come in the morning. And so I take it down before I, before I go to bed. Sometimes it'll be midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning before I take my trash down. And so I, I go out and the other, it's, it's been a couple weeks ago now, and I grab the trash and I'm, and I'm walking, walking it down to the, to, I've got, I got a, a, a fence. And so I come out the gate and I'm walking it down and, and, and wham, I hit a hole. You ever do that not expecting it? You'd have loved to have seen it. Down like a sack of potatoes. Boom, I hit the ground. I thought to myself, I'm telling you, five minutes I laid on the ground. Till I thought, I bet you there's spiders out here. And so, that motivated me to get back up. But I thought to myself, there is a hole. And I'm like, this really the reason I'm laying on the ground. I'm thinking to myself, okay, nothing hurts. And I'm really hoping that when I stand up, I didn't you know tear something or twist my ankle and I, thankfully I did it and, and I got back up and I was just waiting for you know one of my kids none of them you know they, none of them looked out where's dad you know forget dad you know he's out he's dead on the ground but anyways you, you but you're walking along right you ever done that and I'm not talking about physically I'm talking about in life you ever just been walking around everything's going good and then boom something happens I mean, you come walking around the corner and boom, something happens. It's kind of like driving a car and, and somebody runs a red light and hits you uh, on the side. You didn't expect it. You didn't see it coming. It just happened all of a sudden. And I'm telling you, that happens often in life. And it reminds us of our helplessness in this life. You know, I think of the woman with the issue of blood. You remember, you remember she touched the hem of his garment, and 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 she was healed. But you remember what it says before that? She spent all that she had. She went to all the doctors she could. She tried everything she could, and it was all helpless. And she was ultimately hopeless until she found Jesus Christ, touched the hem of his garment, and Christ healed her. Wow, what an example for you and me that we need to rely on God because of the helplessness of of man, but we need to rely on God because of the hopefulness in Christ. It's Christ that gives us hope. It's Christ that gives us uh, what we need. Titus 2 and 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's just a little... Uh, a little uh, reminder of what we talked about last week. And so, in this hopefulness, this hopefulness that we have in Christ, we can rest in the knowledge. We can rest in knowing when things get bad, when things get difficult, when things become unfair, when things become like Elijah and nobody else is going through this problem and nobody else is facing this issue and, and I'm the only one that loves God and sometimes we think that way like Elijah did. And we, need to, we need to rest in this fact. Let me give them to you real quick. Number one, we need to rest in the fact that God loves. That God loves. 1 John chapter 4 is all about to not only that God loves but that God is love. Right, and so we love each other with the love that God loves us with. Matter of fact, we talk about how much we love God. I mean, we we stand up on the uh, 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 you know the mountain and shout it from the housetops uh, that we love God. But understand something: you only love God because He first loved you. Amen. That's Bible. That's what the Scripture says. We love Him because He first loved us. And so we know what true love is. And I wonder, I scratch my head at what some people think love is. In some relationships, it takes almost nothing to break them. I'm just telling you, preacher, I fell out of love with her. Listen, well then trip and fall back in love with her. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you you chose her, she chose you. You, 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 need to, you need to work out the problems. And let me tell you something, love will conquer a multitude of sins. But I want you to know something, I'm talking about true love. I'm talking about the love that God shows us, that sacrificial Love that God loves us with. We're supposed to take that love and love love one another. God loves. Knowing that God loves us, it's, it's easier to cast all your care upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. God cares for you. When it seems like nobody else does, isn't it exciting to know that God always does? You know, David, when he was on the run, you remember David... Was anointed king, and you know they they went to to Jesse's house and they went through all the sons and none of the sons were were it. And they said, "Was you have another son?" (laughs) Well, yeah, but he's out there. You know, he's he's that run out there keeping the sheep. We'll bring him here. And what do they do? They anoint David the king. Well, I want you to know something: the current king wasn't so happy about that. There. It's not like Saul was not king anymore. Saul was still king. And now David is anointed the new king, and Saul's angry. And what does he do? He tries to kill him on multiple occasions. He tries to get rid of him. And so, what does David do? David's on the run. And, and the Bible says that as David is on the run, he's at a place called Ziklag. You ever hear about Ziklag? David is going out and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's going out on, a, uh, on, a, on a, um, a challenge and he goes out and, and he comes back and, and everybody's gone. Children, wives, everything's gone. And his warriors, his, 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 uh, his people that have followed him, look at David and say, let me say something. This is all your fault. I'm here to tell you, people will turn on you in a heartbeat better watch your back. Oh, ah, no, you don't understand, preacher. I trust him. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm here to tell you, people will stab people in the back in a heartbeat. You better be careful. And so they turn on David. And David, David looked to his right hand, and what did the Bible say? No man cared for his soul. Nobody was there. His men were against him. His children, his wife, everybody was gone. What did he do? Let me tell you what he did. I love this. He cast his care upon the Lord. What do you know what he did? He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Because you can look to your right and you can look to your left and you can look in front of you look behind you and maybe nobody's there with you. But I promise you, if you look up, God is always there. God will always be there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You know why that is? Because God loves you. And He loves you. Get this. I want you to get this. He loves you in spite of you. You're welcome. Sometimes you can be mean. Yeah, I mean, we all can, can't we? Sometimes we can be sinful. Sometimes it, it says just sometimes not nice to be around. And God loves us still. You know what the Bible says? I love this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say, okay, listen to me, clean your life up, and and then I'll love you. Get your act together, and then we can have a relationship. You know what Jesus did? He did that which we could not do. He died for us on that cross so that he might be the go-between, that he might be the propitiation, that he might be the one that can reconcile us, his humans, to God. See, there's one meter between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus. And so we've got this uh, 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 hopefulness, this hopefulness that we have is in Christ. It's because God loves us. Psalm 55 and 22, you can look that up. Uh, Psalm 55 and verse 22, we talk about God's love. We can, we can rest in knowing, number two, that God lightens. Not only does God love, but God lightens. He lightens our load. Do you know, if you're carrying, a lo- carrying around a heavy load, is because you choose to. That's the bottom line. But you don't understand, this happened and this happened. Yeah, but if this happened, and somebody says, if you're carrying too many things, we go buy groceries. We always, we always, I hate buying groceries. I mean, we, I mean, we got all, everybody in our household's grown. So guess what that means? They all eat. And they eat more than children do. So we've got we to buy and buy and buy. Well, this last time, I like Coke Zero. It's one of my favorite drinks. And, uh, and, and Kroger had Coke Zero, just if you want to know this, has Coke Zero four 12-packs four for 12 bucks. That's $3. I'm not good at math, but that's $3 a 12-pack. I thought, that's a really good deal. So you know what happens when you get a really good deal? You buy too much. And you good deal yourself into the poor house. That's what we normally do, right? And so I bought a bunch of them. Let me tell you something. You only carry so many. And you're carrying these things and you're trying to balance them. Isn't it nice when one of your kids come out or your spouse comes out and grabs a couple from you? So you're not carrying so much, so that load isn't so heavy? Do you know what God wants? He doesn't want to take one or two of them. He wants to take all of them from you. Because that burden is too much to bear. That burden that, that really, we've put on ourselves is too much to bear. So that's why God says, casting all your care upon Him. Why? He wants to lighten your load. God doesn't want you to be. Moping around in life, I wonder sometimes I, I absolutely wonder sometimes why people are so miserable. I get having a bad day, I get it. some days are rough i even get I even get a bad week, but some people have a bad life, a bad year, a bad decade it's, it's time to take all the cares that that are weighing you down and and give them over to the Lord. Because the Lord can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. God will lighten our load. Matthew chapter 11. Don't you love those verses? Verses 28 through 30. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And what did he say? I'll give you rest. God wants to give you rest. Do you know what God would love to see from you? He'd love to see a smile on your face. I'm telling you. You know what other people would love to see? A smile on your face. Sometimes I get up here and I'm preaching and I'm thinking to myself, are they mad at me? So I've got to say something you know, kind of funny every once in a while to make sure they're not. Now, if they don't smile then I know they 're mad at me but but we scowl, and we look at people and and, and we don 't even know them I, we, were, we were somewhere the other day, and this lady come out the door, and you know you know, you know you know me with holding, holding the door for people and I, and I, and I do it, I, but I just love to see people 's reaction most of the time it's you 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 work here, and you should be opening the door for me there's no thank you there's no but I open this door for this one lady, and i 'm telling you she the dirtiest look i've got in a while I mean she just it's like, ma'am, I hope your face doesn't freeze that way i didn't say that, of course, but I was holding the door, and it just people just scowl at you i 'm here to tell you people are more judgmental now than they've ever been before. I mean, they are. They look at you now and they'll judge you whether you have a mask on or not. Oh yeah, they do. And by the way, I, ho- I hope you don't do that. But we do. We, we judge people on how they look. We judge people and we got their whole life figured out because we because we looked at him one time. I'm here to tell you, make people wonder. Make people wonder about you and put a smile on your face. And then to yourself, what do you got to smile about? Let me tell you something. I got a lot to smile about. God's good to me. I mean, let me tell you: Let me tell you why I'm smiling. I'm not smiling because uh, everything always goes good. I'm smiling because I serve a great God. And I serve a God that loves me. And I serve a God that wants to lighten my load. Lean upon Him. Rest in the fact that God loves you. Rest in the fact that God wants to lighten you. Rest in the fact that God wants to lead you. God wants to lead you. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He'll show you which way to go. He'll give you the right path. Me and the GPS have a love-hate relationship. I love the GPS because I am challenged directionally. I mean literally challenged directly. I'm so challenged that if me and my wife go somewhere, she, it doesn't matter if we're going to Savannah. She always tells me this is the way to turn. And the reason she does that is because, I tell you right now, I'll drive right by the road. She's like, um, you are supposed to turn back there. Like the 642 times that we've turned, that was the turn you were supposed to turn out. I said, well, you're going to have to tell me before we get there. Otherwise, I'm just going to drive right by it. I just directionally, I'm impaired, and so so I like the GPS. I got it, you got it on the phone. You know, you used to have a Garmin or a TomTom, Tom and sometimes you still have those in your car. You can have it on your phone too, and uh, and it's free. And so uh, I, so I, I punch in the address, and I'm telling you, if you don't have that thing set on the right setting, you're going to go the scenic route. You're going to go the the, the 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 how long it takes you to walk. What? I'm not walking. I'm in my car. What is wrong with you? And, you, know, you ever talk to your GPS? You ever talk to your phone when nobody's on it? And, you're just, and you're, this love Hate relationship, it's trying to get you. But guess what? It always gets you where you need to go. Now You might go through a, a cornfield. I mean, you might go through a, a back road that nobody has ever used. But it's going to get you where you need to go. Let me tell you something. God will always get you where you need to go. If you'll just listen. I don't know how many, I've, I've told you this illustration. We're driving down this road. We are in a different state. I don't remember where we were. We're driving down this road, and, and I'm telling you, cornfields on this side and woods on this side, and we're, and we're lost. So we got it in the GPS and, on how to get there. And, and the GPS test says, you know, it tells you, in so many feet or so many yards or whatever, turn, turn here. So it said, turn left. Whoosh. When it's safe, do a U-turn, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, do a U-turn. There was no left. Turn around, come back. Now it tells you, in so many feet, take a, take a right. Woof. So listen to me, I'm not, that's a driveway. That's not a road, it's a driveway. So I bet you I passed it three or four times. And the GPS, I know the GPS wanted to say, hey, dummy, this is where you turn. You know, it won't tell you that. But, it, you know, Sometimes I think it wants to. And so finally we turned it. That's when I went, I'm, when I'm telling you I went down a road through a cornfield. Came out the other side. It was, a, it was a farm, a man's house. And I'm thinking to myself, tractors and everything. I'm thinking, I'm going to get shot going through this man's yard. The G, and I pull out and boom. There's where we needed to be. And the GPS said, duh. Duh. I've been trying to tell you to turn here. I've been trying to tell you to turn left. Then you had to do a U turn. I tried to tell you to turn right. Then you did a U turn. I'd say, why don't you just listen? Boy, if the GPS could do that, I think it would. I think God sometimes does that. I think sometimes God might think that. I told you to turn here, but you chose to go here. You chose to go in this direction when you should have went in this direction. It doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems, but I promise you I'll be with you through those problems. God wants to direct you. God wants to lead you. Not into your own understanding, but God's understanding. And when God leads you, He always leads you in the right path. God doesn't get you lost. God doesn't get you you going in the wrong direction. God's not trying to trick you or fool you. God wants to see you successful. And God wants to see you get where He wants you to go. You see, the Bible talks about people like you and me. We're clay. Right? And we're clay and and God is the potter. And God begins to mold. You ever seen somebody make pottery before ever seen them on that, that spindle whatever that is and they, and they start making and molding this whatever they're making this vase or urn or something they're making And let me tell you what they have in mind that potter when he looks at that lump of clay he sees what he wants to make he doesn't see a lump of clay he sees the finished product And so what does he do? He puts the clay in that spindle and he begins to put pressure and he begins to direct his hands and and pretty soon what you saw as a lump of clay you now see is this beautiful work of art. Now, God says you're the clay and he's the potter. He sees, see, he's Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end. So he sees, uh, we see a lump of clay. But God sees a work of art. And if we'll just be clay in the potter's hand, he'll make us and he'll mold us into exactly what he wants us to be. I think about people. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of those people that think that people watching should be in the Olympics. I mean, I, I love to watch people. I love to observe people we used to go to the mall, I'd let Wendy shop, and I'd sit out, and I'd just watch people. Watch people go by. You go to, don't, now, don't watch too hard, but when you go to Walmart, you ever think to yourself, what, you came out in public looking like that? Nobody loved you enough to tell you you shouldn't come out in your pajamas. You say, I go to pajamas, I, I, I'm not talking about you, I was talking about somebody else, okay? But yeah, you, know, you see, you think to yourself, what in the I love to watch people. And I and I and I love to kind of make things up about people. Not, not, not necessarily judging, but thinking to myself, okay, she must be, or he he must be, or they they must do, and 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 I, and I love to to watch people because we're all different. We're all made up different. And I don't think we're made up different on accident. I think we're made up different on purpose. Do you know you know what God calls the church? You know what he equates the church to? S- several things. But he equates the church to a body. right? And so, <clears throat> in the body, would it be, be- would it be weird if the church was all eyeballs? Imagine a person? That they didn't have legs. They didn't have feet. They didn't have toes. They didn't have a head. It was just one great big eyeball. That'd be strange, wouldn't it? Or imagine this. You go down and you look at a person, you look over them, and, and, and the person is just a great big, big toe. You think to yourself, something, something off with that person or something off with you. One of the two. Something's off with that, right? Well, you know what? God equates the body, and some people are the the hand, and some people are the feet, and some people are the nose, and some people are the ears. And God says, we're all different. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made. We're all, the scripture calls us peculiar people. And God fits the church together because when the body is working properly, it works together. That's how we are able to walk, because our, our 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 knees work right and our feet work right. And when something goes wrong with the body, probably everybody in here, everybody in here can 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 attest to the fact when something goes bad. I'll give you an example because I know she won't mind. But Miss Dawn, she's she was having some problems in her side and she's just really is really hurt and and she went and she's actually got three broken ribs. Let me tell you something. You don't think about, unless you're thinking about barbecue, you don't think about your ribs very much until something's wrong with them. And then you realize when you raise your arm, ow. When you move your foot, ow. When you move your body, guess what? The body is all connected. And when the body's working properly, it does what it's supposed to do. And God fit it together to work properly, but when the body doesn't do what it's supposed to do, the other parts have to make up for the one that's not doing the right thing. When the hand doesn't work, that's what. You ever, if you're right-handed. You ever do something to your your hand, and you have to write with your left hand? It's bad. You ever, you ever, if you're right-handed and if you're not. Whatever that word is. We can use both hands. You ever try to, you ever try to throw a baseball? Throw a football? I mean, it, you know, you don't, you don't use that hand. But guess what? You begin to have to use that hand if this hand isn't working. You have to begin to use that foot if this foot isn't working. So when the bodies fit together, God leads the church. To accomplish what it needs to. But when the body decides not to be... I'm done being the foot. I don't want to be the foot anymore. I'm done being the ear. I don't want to be the ear anymore. Guess what? The church suffers. The church suffers. God's people suffer. Because God's trying to lead us. God is trying to unify us. God is trying to make us be the best church that we can be. And God's trying to make us be the best Christians that we can be. But when we're refusing for him to be the potter, we're only hurting ourselves. We're only hurting our families. We're only hurting the church. Because I promise you this much, you don't know better. God knows better. And when you allow him and you surrender your life and allow him to lead you, he'll lead you in the right path. Every single time. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's where we first believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and thou shalt be saved. Believe, believe on Him for the forgiveness of your sins, and He'll save you. That's why He came, He died upon the cross, He became sin for us, and He was buried. And the Bible says He rose again the third day so that we could have life. And if you're not saved this morning, it is not God's fault. God has provided the way. You need to place your faith and trust in Him. And He will save you. You say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God. I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, i pray for you. I'm not going to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation, Preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. Is are one? What a blessing. If you have no other blessing than knowing that one day, when you leave this world, you'll be safe in the arms of Jesus.